internet creatures. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, June 24th, 2021. Do me a favor, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click that notification bell. Maybe, just maybe, you're gonna see our videos in your feed. Probably not, but try. You never know. You just never know what's gonna happen. Uh, guys, this is a huge week. Not only is it my birthday on Saturday, but tomorrow, I'm interviewing Donald Trump. Yes, that's right, interviewing the former president, Donald Trump. It's going to be completely uncensored. Will all of my accounts be blown offline tomorrow? We shall find out. Uh, of course, if they are uh, all deleted or demolished or exiled, whatever you wanna call it, uh, I still will be at rubinreport.locals.com and my full unedited interview with the president will be there. And by the way, uh, I normally don't do this. I think I've never done it actually in the history of this show or any of my interviews. I usually don't like when interviewers ask the audience for questions for the interviewee. However, uh, I thought this was a special one. So I am taking one question from the Rubin Report community to directly ask President Trump. I've got a couple questions. Obviously, I have a specific direction I wanna go in this thing, but I thought one question from the audience. So we already got a couple hundred people throwing in questions, but if you would like to submit a question for me to ask President Trump tomorrow, you can do that at rubinreport.locals.com. Uh, and I'm just gonna cover one story today and then we're doing a Q&A and it's a nice broad mix of questions, some personal, some political, some cultural, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, and then I'm just gonna tell you one little thing about that Joe Biden guy. He is very, 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 very confused. Uh, but before I do that, guys, I wanna talk to you about Raise American. You know, I'm thrilled to welcome Raise American to, as a new sponsor to the show, a company who raises the bar for premier organic grass-fed beef from all over the country. For more than 15 years, Raise American has been honing its processes to provide lovers of beef the ultimate eating experience. From the feed to the cattle to the steak, Raise American raises the standard of what American organic beef ought to be. Raise American cattle come from humanely treated animals reared on small, independent American farms, farms run by family farmers and ranchers, adhering to some of the strictest animal welfare and sustainable farming protocols. Healthy cattle make healthy beef, and no one knows that better than the team at Raise American. Raise American focuses on sustainability, which is why they work closely with these family farms to raise grass-fed organic cattle, which spend most of their lives grazing pastures in the open, fresh air, grazing in a way that regenerates the soil instead of depleting it. Raise American is 100% organic, 100% grass-fed, 100% American. Go to raiseamerican.com right now in order to learn more. Uh, order and learn more. Uh, good for you, good for our planet, good for America, and now back to me. And as I said yesterday, you don't even need a code, no code Ruben, because they're only advertising with us right now because they love what we do. And by the way, I've been showing you some of the meat that they've been sending us here, my, my big meat. Well, I've got a ton of family and friends visiting. We're gonna be basically running a hotel here for a couple days, and we're busting out the prime rib tonight. So stay tuned for some pictures on that. Uh, all right, so I wanna show you some video of Joe Biden yesterday talking about gun control. And I know Joe is confused, and Joe is not the man he was, say, 10, 20, 30 years ago, and that he's not really in charge, and that he's far more radical than my good, decent liberal friends thought. They thought, oh, he would stop the crazies, but the crazy is here. The crazy is just run amok and is taking over everything. Well, yesterday, 
Biden made a gun control argument that I think is the best ever argument uh, for the Second Amendment, but he was doing it as an argument sort of against the Second Amendment. Take a look. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the, the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're gonna have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there are never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Oh, Joe, poor muddled Joe struggling with the teleprompter and everything else. All right, first off, um, we do always limit who can buy guns. Well, first off, we do have some limits right now. Uh, right, so you know, certain psychiatric patients, people with criminal histories, things of that nature. That's why we have background checks, and there are background checks everywhere. And if you would like to argue how effective those background checks are, that would just be fine. But when they make it seem like you can just walk into a gun shop and get a gun, you simply cannot. As you guys know, I bought some guns for the first time this year, and buying guns in California is not very easy. And there were weeks of waiting and background checks and all sorts of documents. And you're not going to believe this because because of the racism, I had to show an ID. I had to show an ID, say that I am Dave Rubin, uh, before they would actually give me the gun. But then the perverse part of what old Joe said there was in essence, the government's got F-15s, right? The government's got nukes, so uh, you're gonna need nukes if you're gonna take us. That is the biggest sort of mafia move that he could possibly ever make, meaning we're all powerful, we have the sort of ownership of violence, we the state, and you people, uh, you don't have access to the weapons we have, so sit down and shut up. That's exactly why the founders put the Second Amendment in, right? That's exactly why they did it, because they wanted us to, as the citizenry, they wanted us to be able to say to the government, hey, if you guys become too tyrannical, there's a bit of a threat here, that we have a bit of a threat. I don't want people running around with guns in the streets, blowing up buildings and burning down federal courthouses like they're doing in Portland that never gets seen on uh, CNN or MSNBC or the other Blue and On channels. I don't want that. But the average person, of course, should be able to protect their property, their family, and they should be able to protect themselves from a tyrannical government. So if your argument is that we've got a lot of big weapons, so uh, you know you shouldn't be allowed to protect yourself, well, actually that's the best argument for us all having more weapons, because I don't think that you should be able to stop us from living freely, Joe, but you seem to think that you should be able to. Anyway, it's just such a, it's such a perfect example of that everything that the left says doesn't make sense once you listen to it for two seconds, right? So it like sort of makes sense at the top. Like, and because I hear this from lefties all the time, I mean, mainstream lefties, it's like, oh, the government, you know, these people want a militia so they can defend themselves from the government. The government's got tanks, the government's got nukes, the government's got F-15s. Okay, so what are you gonna do, have all those things? I'm not for the average person having all of those things, but is your point that the government is just good because it has more weapons than the rest of us? I don't think that's what makes things just good. I mean, isn't the left always talking about an asymmetry of power and that that's the problem, right? The oppressed and the oppressors and the whole thing? Like, come on, guys. All right, guys, let's do a little Q&A. Uh, we got a ton of questions at rubinreport.locals.com.
Com. I asked my guys to mix it up as always, so it's not just political. Here we go. Uh, Carrie says, happy almost birthday, Dave. Any fun plans for the birthday? Thanks for everything you do. Yes, I am going to be 45 on Saturday, June 26th, and we are having a massive party here. We're having about 100 people here. There's gonna be sushi and catering and tequila. And basically, there's every booze you can possibly imagine is in my house right now. Uh, we're going to have a lot of, lot of family, a lot of friends. It's going to be sort of a, a weekend extravaganza. I've got uh, places basically going to be running. A, we're going to be running a hotel over here with, uh, with brothers, sisters, and cousins, and friends, and a lot of former guests, and you know people you guys all know from the show. And I haven't had a birthday party. We were trying to figure it out. Like I haven't had like a birthday party. I guess I've done like a dinner with a couple, that kind of thing. But like a legit birthday party since my 30th. So that was 15 years ago, and I don't even remember what I did before that, really. So uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna be doing a little celebrating. Cali is open, thanks to Emperor Gavin Newsom. And you know, fortunately, we've got a, a nice house where we can host a whole bunch of people and it's beautiful weather. So we're gonna be outside and drinking and eating and have a good time. And, and we've got a photographer coming, so maybe you'll see some of the pictures. And actually, we'll definitely post some stuff, at least in the, in the Ruben Report community. Uh, Paul says, in your opinion, is it more important to keep DeSantis in Florida as governor or have him run in 2024 for president? This is a really interesting question because it's like, on one hand, I think you can definitely make the argument that that guy just solidifying Florida, making the right choices in Florida, keeping the state open, getting critical race theory out, you know, doing the things economically so that a guy like me can go down to Miami and talk to a great mayor in Francis Suarez, we'll put that up next week, where you know that business is flourishing, like that's not disconnected, a, a good mayor there who happens to be a conservative, that's not disconnected from the good governor who happens to be a conservative. Um, so I think there's a real argument that if the states are to survive, you need the best people at the helm of the states, like as the governors of the states, that's good. On the other hand, the argument that we do need somebody to run this country, you know, to be at the top of the ticket that is making some sense, uh, that that's pretty important too, even if in my world that president wouldn't have that much power. Um, so I think you can argue this either way, but the way I will argue it is that I think DeSantis has got to run for president. My guess is that he will. My guess is that Trump, and maybe I'll talk to Trump about this tomorrow, my guess is that Trump will sort of offer some defense on that and help with the rallies and fighting the media. That, that to me, is the great ticket. You, I, I mean, I've said it before, but you just let DeSantis be the statesman. He knows the issues. Um, he's younger. He's ready to fight. Like, he's, he's in it. Let him do all that. And man, imagine if Trump just acted like the bodyguard for the media and the bullshit. Like, there is a powerful move right there. And then you figure out who he's going to run with. Is he going to run with Nikki Haley? Is he going to run with Tim Scott? Is he going to run with Candace Owens? Is he going to run with whoever? Dan Crenshaw? It doesn't even matter at some level. But it's like, because you've got like a broad swath of people that he can choose from. And then you've got a really tight ticket. And then, of course, what I would want to happen concurrently with that is that you got to get some other good people in Florida. Maybe Trump then runs for governor of Florida. I mean, I think anything is possible at this point. In case you didn't know it, we're in a 
great time of uncertainty, so <laughs> quite literally anything is possible. Uh, Nathan says, do you know anyone who you share the same birthday with? Mine is tomorrow, so just one day off from yours. Well, happy birthday, Nathan, number one. Uh, the two people who popped to mind on June 26th for me are Derek Jeter, who of course was, uh, was on the Yankees, you know, 90s into the 2000s, one of the greatest shortstops to ever play the game. And then a, a lesser known athlete, Jerome Kersey, who was on the Portland Trailblazers in the, in the early 90s. Then he was, on the, uh, he was on the Spurs and I think the Sonics and the Lakers for a season. Uh, and he actually passed away a couple years ago. He's really one of my favorite players, never made an all-star team, really excellent role player. This guy just knew how to run and work hard, real workhorse. Uh, those are the only two. Can we get some other June 26 birthdays? All right, Michael's gonna get me some other June 26 birthdays while I plow ahead. Sherry says, uh, I'm curious about the California recall efforts. Who's the front runner? Are they recalling the insane DAs in San Francisco and in LA? Uh, what happened with Garcetti in the ambassador post? And if he does take it or, is he, uh, or if he's offered it, what happens in LA? So from what I understand, Garcetti has accepted the ambassador post to India. So we're getting rid of that buffoon. He's being shipped off to India. Good luck, India. I know I have a lot of fans in India. We get a lot of messages from India. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. Uh, I had nothing to do with this. And nothing good will come out of that relationship because he's not a good man. Uh, so good luck with all of that. Um, as for the recall, it is happening. 1.7 million people signed it. And despite the Democrats' best efforts, uh, they were unable to reverse it. Interestingly, get this. So this morning, I was watching a documentary on Thomas Jefferson. While I do cardio, I try to watch like some historical stuff and just not, not certainly not the news, right? So I'm watching this really wonderful documentary on Thomas Jefferson and the founding of the country and you know his political beliefs and all of this stuff. And then a YouTube video pops up in the middle the whole thing about Thomas Jefferson is about freedom and all this stuff. And then a YouTube video pops up in the middle and it's an anti-recall uh, commercial. And in the commercial, it's basically like, the, you know, it's the same old nonsense that the, that the left does with everything. Right-wing Republicans are trying to gain power by, you know, reversing the election and getting rid of Gavin Newsom and right-wing, blah, 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 far-right, you know, just the usual nonsense. At the end of the commercial, because it wasn't a skippable commercial, um, it said that it was funded by Reed Hastings. I didn't know who that was, but I was like, that name rings a bell. Who's Reed Hastings? And I Googled it. Reed Hastings is the CEO of Netflix. Isn't that interesting? So the CEO of Netflix is funding commercials to stop the recall. Kind of tells you all you need to know about sort of the corrupt media Hollywood world and those people. Why would they want, why would Reed Hastings, I'm, I'm guessing he might live in California or at least at one time there was a lot of production done out of California. Why would he want uh, uh, Newsom to still be governor after the way that they've wrecked California and wrecked Los Angeles? I mean, I think there are reasons that they would want it because he's pushing the propaganda that you know these guys like. Couple other birthdays. Uh, on June 26th, Ariana Grande. She's the one that, didn't she lick a donut or something? Remember there was a, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's a video, I think, of Ariana Grande. She's like a young singer, right? And she licked a donut. You gotta Google this thing. She goes into a store, a donut shop, and just licks the donut. I don't know what she sings, but I remember seeing the video of her licking a donut. Yeah, oh yeah, she says she grabs a donut from like, you know, like she just walks into the donut shop, she grabs a donut, licks the donut, and says, I hate America. She's a great American hero. Uh, Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec, I don't know who she is. Uh, Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, I don't know who he is. I've never seen Pitt Parks and Rec. And Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly, which I don't know who she is or that show. 
Uh, long story short, it's me and Jeter. We're, we're the big two for, uh, for June 26th. As for the other questions you asked about the recall, yes, I believe that there is a recall in place for Chesa Bodine, who is the DA in San Francisco. I believe that there is a recall in place for the ridiculous George Gascon, uh, who was our DA in LA, who was the former DA of San Francisco, who these people just ruin things. They're cockroaches. Wherever they go, they ruin things. Please show me somebody, somebody for my birthday, for my birthday, could somebody show me a place where progressive policies are put into place, where progressive politicians take over, where anything remotely good happens? Could you show me that place, that utopia? Could it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist, but that would be the greatest birthday present I could possibly get. Uh, Danielle says, we all know you love meat, <clears throat> but side dishes, what are your, some of your favorites and care to share any recipes? Well, actually, um, you can go. So my husband, David, is actually working on a cookbook right now. And uh, if you wanna see some of the recipes that he's working on, some of them will be in the book, but obviously he's, I think he's doing about 100 in the book, uh, probably about 20 on the website right now. You can go to davidscookbook.com or you can see more of it at instagram.com slash davidscookbook. And he's just an incredible chef who just loves like, all sorts of different foods. He culturally appropriates the hell, of, hell out of food, by the way. He cooks all sorts of stuff. He's not Indian, but he cooks Indian. He's not Latino, but he cooks Latino. He's not Italian, but he cooks Italian. He cooks all sorts of stuff. Uh, what can I tell you that's on there that's great? It's, well, there's a lot of meats, a lot of chickens. Uh, oh, he makes some baked fries that are amazing. Like if you want a healthy fry that will taste like you got it from your favorite fast food joint, even better than that, that's not soaked in oil and the rest of it, there's a recipe at davidscookbook.com for baked fries. You should definitely try it out. Uh, Eileen says, if you could be president, what would be your top three issues you'd like to tackle to start? Well, I know for sure my main message as president would be, I can't help you. I can't help you. I've got my own problems. I don't know what your problems are. Frankly, I don't care. But what I will do as president is I will surround myself with a couple people who actually don't wanna do that much either. They can't do that much good and they can't do that much bad. Yes, we'll protect the borders of the United States. We'll make sure we've got a functional army. But pretty much beyond that, we're gonna cut all the budgets. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna give you all your money back. We're gonna cut taxes. We're gonna cut regulation. We're just gonna get the hell out of your way. What right do we have to be running your lives? So I I don't know that there's three things that I would really want to do. I don't know, three things I would really want to do. I'd blow up the Department of Education. How about that? Let's do that. I'd get rid of teachers unions. Is that even something the president could do? I would, well, the president could do anything now. He's got a pen and a paper and they, they, you know, they let you do anything. So that's pretty good. My slogan would be help yourself. My, my slogan would be get off my lawn. My slogan would be, I don't like you. Like, what do you want me to do? That, that really is it. You know, Ronald Reagan, it's that, it's that great quote, the worst eight words is, that you can ever hear are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Like, that's it. These people can't do anything. What would you want the government doing for you? Absolutely nothing. Just give people their money back. You know, one of the things that's really fascinating, this gets to one of the questions earlier about Gavin Newsom and the recall, is that Newsom right now knows because of the recall, he has to do all sorts of stuff. So suddenly the homeless thing, homeless people are disappearing. I don't know what they're doing. They're putting them in black bags and throwing them out in the river. I have no idea what they're doing. But even where I live here, where there's a huge homeless problem, the underpass that we have, where they've been building this like homeless, you, you kinda gotta marvel at it. They're building like multiple level tents and all sorts of stuff. 
but in the last week or so, it disappeared, where there were like dozens and dozens of homeless encampments and tents and all these things. So Newsom is realizing that there's suddenly pressure on him to do something and he doesn't want to get recalled, so he starts doing the right thing. And even he's talking about things like tax rebates suddenly, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. You think, so you think that people having more of their money is good? Then stop taking more of their money in the first place, you ridiculous fraud. Yeah, my, my line would be, you, you deserve a refund. Uh, you know, what do you want me to do about it? That would really be it. I can't help you. I've got my own problems. That really is it. Like, if, if we had a government that did that, but you know, protect the borders. Make sure the states aren't at war with each other. Um, we don't need big government agencies to really do anything. Uh, that would pretty much be it, and I think things would be a lot better. Uh, Anna says, when are you moving to Florida? Oh man, so look, I know everybody wants me to move to Florida. I'm obviously thinking about it. We just moved locals down there. Uh, my partner in locals is my brother-in-law, so my sister and the kids just moved down there. My folks have a place in Florida. I love Florida. Yes, it was a little humid, but I, I've always loved Florida, actually. That's, that's where we always went on vacation when I was a kid. So. You know, it's probably gonna happen at some point. I also manage a couple other businesses and I have employees and, and all sorts of stuff. But obviously for tax reasons, for quality of life reasons, for living in a place who, where there are people whose ideals I share, as opposed to here where I go into the, yesterday I went into the supermarket and it's like still half the people are wearing masks. And I'm looking at them like, you are crazy. You are crazy people. Now granted, they're probably looking at me and going, you're crazy. So we're just at like a crazy impasse here. Um, but yeah. When I was in Florida to sit down with the mayor down there, Mayor Suarez in Miami, and then I met uh, Mayor Groisman of Bell Harbor. We had lunch and just to talk to all the people. And we did a Rubin Report hangout. So uh, we did a hangout with the locals community. A couple dozen people showed up to a bar, and everyone is so friendly and happy. And, and you know, they, I always tell you, they, people always want to touch me. So there's a lot of hugging, and then it's very sweaty and all that. But we're all okay. Nobody, nobody dropped dead, anything like that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. You, we'll see. But Look, I think for now, the best I can tell you is I want the recall to happen, and then let's just see. But yeah, there's not much left here, there's, there's not. Uh, Stan says, how do we beat critical race theory uh, like in the Loudoun County School? So there's this really crazy video of a, of a meeting, a school board meeting where some parents come in to fight critical race theory, and then the, one of the fathers ends up getting arrested. A little of the, some of the details are unclear. This was just from yesterday. I was uh, doing a lot of things, but I did see the, a quick portion of the video. How do you beat critical race theory? You show up, even if, it's, if it feels bad and you don't want people to say mean things about you and they're gonna you know, drag you out of there like they did to this father, you show up at these meetings and you do not let your children be indoctrinated into evil ideas. If they were teaching Nazism at your children's school, would you let that happen? This is pretty damn close. And I know that sounds hyperbolic and congratulations, Media Matters, you just got your clip of the day. Uh, Dave Rubin compares critical race theory to Nazism, yes. Dave Rubin does, because Nazism was race essentialism. Nazism was the idea that your immutable characteristics were something that should be punished, or some people's immutable characteristics, the white Aryan race, were better than other people. And we're gonna put Jews in camps, and we're gonna put gays in camps, and gypsies in camps. They didn't really love black people either. Hitler was not a huge fan of black people. So I would not want Nazism taught in school the same way I would not want critical race theory 
taught in school for all the reasons that you know about, okay? You know, you are not born evil because you are white. You are not born better because you are black. And America was not founded on the idea of racism. These are things we just would not teach. I'm not, I'm not for banning the idea. You wanna go to a party and hang out with a bunch of critical race theorists? Guess what, you're gonna hang out with a bunch of freaking miserable people with no joy and, and really no, <laughs> no ability to create or do anything fun, but you should do that. But show up, stand up, guys. If you're not exactly sure what I'm talking about, watch my last PragerU video from a couple months back called The Bravery Deficit and just get brave. Get brave because if you don't, nobody else will. And I would suspect that when you're 90 and you look back on your life and you go, man, I didn't speak up. And then my son got brainwashed and my daughter got brainwashed and the country collapsed. You go, maybe I, maybe I should have done something, I don't know. Uh, uh, Peter says, while the other questions are extremely important, I put this as an immediate need. As a locals community, can we help the Florida families of the collapsed building? Oh, yeah, I'm really glad you asked this. So I just saw a picture of this this morning. So the Surfside condo in Florida, I think it's somewhere in Miami, it's near Miami, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Miami, yeah, uh, collapsed. And, and I think as of right now, there are 51 people who are missing in the rubble, which is just unbelievably horrible. Uh, there has been a GoFundMe organized by a guy by the name of Zach Sohn. They've raised $16,000 so far. Uh, I'll donate, can you make sure that we take care of that? I'm gonna donate, I'll donate 100 bucks right after this. Um, and we'll post the GoFundMe link. Can we do that in the description here? We will post the GoFundMe link. Uh, these people obviously are gonna need help. This is, it, it's a really uh, horrific situation. I'm not gonna bother showing you guys any pictures or anything right now. Thank you for mentioning that one. Uh, Ross says, I was red pill just over a year ago and realized I have unknowingly held conservative values all along. I work in creative fields dominated by lefties and now see why I didn't quite fit in. My old friendships with these people are hanging on by a thread as I see their propaganda on social media. How can I be my true self and deal with our differences? If you work in a creative field, I want you to think about this. This is your opportunity, whatever it is. If you're a musician, if you're a painter, if you're a sculptor, if you're a comedian, if you're an actor, whatever it is, use this, use this. Your truth is being, is being uh, slammed up against this evil, woke orthodoxy of the day. Those people, because they have chosen a cult that tells them what to think and when to think and how to think, because of that, they cannot be creative. They cannot make great art. That's why all the TV shows suck. That's why all the movies now suck. That's basically why everything kind of sucks right now. When's the last time you heard great new music? I'm not sitting here saying that none of it exists, but we're, we're, in, a, we're in a time when there's just like a black hole of creativity. And if you're a creative person, I know that it sucks to lose those friends. Everyone watching this knows it sucks to lose those friends. I promise you, Dave Rubin, guaranteed 100% promise, you will find other friends on the other side. And if your friendships are hanging on by a thread and it's because the only reason that that thread hasn't fully frayed is because you're really not saying what you think, well then what kind of friendships are those? Friendships are, hey, this is who I am. That's who you are. Let's do the dance and let's do this over decades. Actually, this weekend, I have my two best friends of my life. My buddy John, we met the first day of kindergarten and I've been arguing with him about politics and playing video games and sports with him for now 41 years. He's coming this weekend. My buddy Ari, who moved to town in third grade, who was probably my, my greatest political opponent over life and now over time we've come together, but we used to debate it out from high school and the same social studies classes and college and beyond. Uh, he's coming out this weekend. Find friends 
that, that enrich your life. I know it sucks and I know it feels like you won't get a job in the creative field and all of that stuff. And I'll tell you two quick things of friends of mine in the creative thing uh, and how you can suffer in it, but why you still gotta do it. I have a buddy who's an award-winning uh, lighting guy, okay? He's done lighting for us in some of our sets and things. Uh, he is a Emmy award-winning lighting guy. Uh, he happens to be, I guess he's probably about 65 and white. He was told about a year ago by the higher-ups at the studio that he should basically look into an early retirement because they're not gonna hire just an old white guy anymore. Now, he's now doing some other things and gone a little more independent, but the point is, if you love something, this guy loves lights, he loves lights. Keep, keep doing it, you'll find a way to do it. The system's gonna come after you either way. And I've got a friend who is a Broadway choreographer, Ugh, I'm gonna end up giving him away somehow, because he's actually a straight Broadway choreographer. I know that sounds like an oxymoron. This is a straight heterosexual man who is a Broadway choreographer. That's the guy who teaches them how to dance. He was told, and this is a guy who's won awards, has done shows you've heard of. He was told that he should look into new work because they're not gonna hire straight people, that his day is over. He happens to be white also, but why would they hire you know, a middle-aged white straight guy to teach dancing you know, when you can have a black trans lesbian with a lazy eye and a limp and you know, a bum shoulder and a bad back? Like that's, that, that's the future. That's the future, we've gotta accept it. But the point is, Create new things, create new things. If you're creative, you can do it. Rhiannon says, will there be an option to subscribe to the entire Locals app? It's simply too expensive for me to subscribe to even three or four communities, so I just subscribed to this one. So absolutely, we're working on bundling. I can tell you one thing about being in the tech world now uh, and, and helping run a company for the last, you know, <laughs> for the last two years of my life. You can't build everything at once, so we're working on it. You know, we have to work with the end of, our goal really at first was to just get everybody to be free, right? Build your community to be free. But now we do see this. People don't wanna to subscribe to 10 different people and the cost can add up, and I don't want locals to be cost prohibitive to anyone. So first off, um, you know, we'll, I'll give away say 25 yearly subscriptions today. If you're, if you're in the military, if you're struggling because of COVID or, or something like that, if you email us uh, at support at rubenreport.com, uh, we'll, we'll give away some, some free subscriptions today. I can't, I can't do like an endless amount of it, but I don't want cost to be part of it. But yes, we are working on the bundling option because in essence, we can build networks now. You know, we've got so many great people on locals, you know, Tulsi Gabbard's on there and Scott Adams is on there and Michael Malice is on there and I'm on there and Andy, no, it's like, you take those people right there, you got a cable channel. So we're working, I, uh, I may have said too much, uh, but we're working on all sorts of stuff. So uh, yes, uh, and I appreciate you being part of what we're doing over there. Patrick says, Dave, for a constructive debate, both sides must speak in good faith. Is our problem today that the left appears to be dishonest in their motives, while whatever we say, they call us racist, thus questioning our motives? Uh, yes, in essence, yes, that is, that is a huge problem. Look, I, I know that I joke around on this show and I call these people names sometimes and all of that stuff. I have tried, I don't know anyone really in a public sense that tried for years to bring the two sides together to honestly deal with what was going on on the left as a lefty, as a guy that formerly supported Bernie Sanders and should be judged as such. Um, but but it, it didn't work. The, the liberal defense of leftism did not work. The liberals have collapsed and because of that, all there really is on the left is a group of people who call everyone racist and bigots and everything else. And if you wanna see that they are unable to debate, I mean, just watch Chris Rufo on Joy Reid. 
yesterday. I mean, it's appallingly bad. Uh, it's appallingly bad as an interviewer for her and just the, the, the understanding of the knowledge of what she's talking about and the judgment and all of those things. And it's like, this is why like we may be at an intractable place. It's like, for all of us, like, if these people want giant collectivist government and huge governmental power to do whatever it wants and take whatever it wants and control all of us, well, I don't want that. And I don't think you want that. But, but these are not really things that can be negotiated. These things are so diametrically opposed. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, this is still like 1985 and it's conservative thought versus liberal thought, let's say. But the, but the basic rules there were that America's pretty good and we can argue about tax rates and everything else, but it wasn't like we're trying to destroy everybody constantly. Now we're in this destruction thing and, and the problem for us is I actually would be okay, and maybe the way this all has to go is that there has to be some sort of real national separation. I'm not talking about breaking up the United States, but that we, let's say the more freedom, liberty-loving people, will just build different things. We will, have, we will truly send our kids to different schools. We will hire differently based on skill and not diversity, like all of those things. We will build a sort of parallel society, which I actually think is great, and it's very much within the American tradition and individualism and all of that. The problem is our set of ideas won't impede on their lives, right? Because we're not gonna be going, oh, we're building all our stuff and we want your stuff. The problem with the lefties is, well, first off, they're gonna build a bunch of racist, backwards crap, so they're not even gonna succeed. But as they're doing that, they're constantly gonna want more from us because we're gonna succeed and we're gonna have more money and we're gonna thrive and all of those things. This actually is very much what my next book is about. And it's like, how do you mitigate that? How do you mitigate, okay, we have two separate ideas here. We can kind of go in our different directions in a modern world and still remain part of the United States. But if one side's just like, hey, leave me alone, and the other side's like, no, I want your shit, and I want to control you, we have a problem. I don't know exactly how to, how to deal with that, but I'll keep talking about it. Final question for the day is, Landon, what drink would you recommend that isn't soda and alcohol? Well, as I said, we got a lot of alcohol around here right now for this big party, but um, you know what? Do a non-alcoholic Paloma. How about that? Just get a little bit of grapefruit juice, uh, some lime juice, and some club soda and just splash a grapefruit, splash a lime, club soda, you got a non-alcoholic Paloma, very refreshing, pour it on ice, and you could do, uh, you could even do like a little jalapeno in there, something like that, and you, you will be very happy. Uh, all right, guys, part three of my interview with Michael Knowles, uh, all about his new book, Speechless, which is out right now, is up on the YouTube, and the full episode is up at rubenreport.locals.com. As I said, I am interviewing President Trump tomorrow. Uh, this is your last chance today to get your question, one question from the community, rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, and there's not gonna be a round table tomorrow. Uh, the Trump interview is the only thing we're showing. And as I said, I got a lot of family and friends coming for the weekend. So I'm gonna try to relax a little bit early, but you know, Trump interview, we, we'll see how the relaxation goes. That'll be something. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's my birthday weekend. So I intend on uh, relaxing and, and eating good food and drinking good drink and being with friends and having fun. And yeah, we'll, we'll post some pictures and videos and all that good stuff. Uh, so thanks for watching and uh, Trump tomorrow. And if you wanna talk to me, rubenreport.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.